So fuck's sake. siblings who have quite a few resentments and we're here to share them with you. No one else is fucking doing it. I don't want, actually, you know what? Today I'm out. I've got a resentment against myself. I reckon everyone in that school is back in. Yeah. You don't need to put the effort into actually changing yourself <laughs> for the better. I cannot stand the man. That's the, the only time I've ever felt like a man. They're corrupt people. Hey, welcome to The Resentment List with your hosts Naomi and Ben. We're siblings with hang-ups and lots of them. And we're here to share our views on the world and resentments and, and what's going on in our lives and life with depression and life with just life like repression repression yeah repression recession um financial recession well there is one i think at the moment oh it's going to be a depression apparently yeah um i'm going to start off with a recommendation amy um two recommendations the first one is um the netflix the last dance oh really you're in that now okay so fucking love that shit can i just say michael jordan was such a good basketball player. Like, I know I'm very late on the boat, but I... The boat has left. <laughs> <laughs> the boat... <laughs> the boat is nowhere to be seen. <laughs> I know, but you know what? Like, wow, that man. The, I ha- the flu game? Did you watch that one What's yet? the flu game? Have you watched the whole series? Uh, I've got one more episode to okay, go. Okay, the flu game, I think, is the last. Oh, no, the don't say day. anything about it. So, okay... So I just want to say, I'm disclaimer, I'm not a basketball fan, never really been into it. I did have a magic hat, Orlando Magic, in the 90s, because obviously in the 90s there was a huge thing in Australia. It came over. Because of, of Michael Jordan, mostly. Yeah, and I didn't know any of this. So my friends in primary school used to play and everyone had Chicago Bulls hats and I, uh, this is me all over. I didn't want to have a Chicago Bulls hat, I wanted to have another colour, so I wanted to have the blue pretty one. So I got a basketball hat. So I got into it. And then there was the ta- the Tarzo thing with um when he was in that Bugs Bunny movie. Oh, that was a sick movie. Yeah. So, you know, it was really in the pop culture of the time. And um, the reason I heard about the documentary was I think Russell Brand was on you. Did you tell me? Yeah, I told you. And he paid me no mind. Mm, I don't know. Remember we were in the car going to Coles? And I was recommending it to Tristan and you were just like, I no, think you just blocked me out. No, I didn't. Because you were like, you heard sport and you are no, like, No, I I'm didn't done. actually. I actually listened to you. I, I listened to you. Anyway, I'm on an obsession. I didn't realise, okay, obviously I heard of Michael Jordan, but I didn't realise like, that man is just amazing. Like, what the fuck? Um, I am just so on this at the moment. Like, literally, like, I... I am like that, that, okay. So the documentary is absolutely amazing. A lot of you probably have already watched it. It is so addictive. Um, It's, it shows you like the cultural climate of the time. So like how, how basketball became more in the mainstream and celebrity, like the basketball celebrity aspect. 
Um, and I'm just going to read you um, an excerpt from what I sent to my friend about it, um, wow. just to show the level of obsession. This is me. Have you watched The Last Dance? I'm obsessed. Really into ball now. Tell Jacob I'm buying Phil Jackson's books. I want to oh be God. the Michael Jordan of copywriting. It's so fucking good. You should watch the whole thing. It's such a good doco. Like, I'm not into basketball at all, and it's just such a good show. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. I'm just, I'll be obsessed with basketball for a while now. I just can't believe someone can be that good. It's, like, so beautiful to watch. His dedication and work ethic. Yes. Yes. Um... I know MJ is okay and rich and all that, but I still feel bad for him for being so famous and stressed out. And I feel sad I missed the whole thing. I remember when it was all the craze in the 90s and I bought the magic hat because I wanted to be different and not follow the Bulls trend. But now I wish I got on the Bulls hat. I got a Bulls hat. It changed basketball. Like, it made it this cultural phenomenon. It's just so interesting. I'm going to start going to games. I just really feel like I could be a basketball basketball fan. This poor person on the end of that message. Yeah, that's a lot to take in. So... That's pretty much in a nutshell. Um, so I just was very inspired. And it's so funny because um, the reason why I find it interesting is because I'm not a sporty person, but I get very affected by sport documentaries and it makes me want to become, just makes me inspired just for everything. Well, there's a thing you and I share um, is that we are really into people that are just great at what they do. Mm. And like a lot of your a lot of what you do for work mm. we won't go into it in detail but that seems to be part of your passion in your work and mm. it's part of my passion as well like people that inspire me like I, I just I just started watching um AFL documentaries like shitty AFL documentaries on YouTube because I'm just obsessed with how to excel at something. Mm, yeah. And like, I'm trying to introduce these football ideas into staff meetings yeah, at work. Like I'm yeah. like, we've got to get into the heroes, hardships and highlights program. <laughs> like, like I'm just really into no, but it. It's so true. You can bring it into your own life. Like obviously I'm not going to be a basketball player, but the fact that he would make up little things, the grudges to get him riled up for a match. The fact that he expected so much from himself that he trained in the, when it was meant to be holidays that he, the just the level of excellence. Oh, that thing. The one thing I love was um when he was filming that Space Jam movie. So mm. did you hear that thing? It was like they're like um okay. He would start shooting at six, mm. and then in all of his breaks throughout the day of shooting the film, he would practice in a purpose-built um training court. facility. Yeah. And then after... They just, they just, like, built it for him. Yeah, after they'd wrap shooting, he would, which I guess was at, like, 4 or 5 p.m. No, it was 7. 7. Then he played for another... Three hours. Three hours until 10 p.m. Then got up at 6 and started the whole thing Yeah, again. and so he invited... But this is the amazing thing about this man. Is he invited all his peers, all the, the greatest basketball players going around, and he would play... Just play, play with them, like, for three hours. And he would get to know everyone's styles and, you know, what are they doing here, what's going on here. So he was preparing for the season. Um, and just – I just thought it was um, very inspiring and just just the level of his commitment and dedication. Like, he – it's just – it's really nice to have that reminder of it's just not – it's not just talent with people like that. It's – um, it's so much hard it's work. It's work ethic and, yeah. you know, the amount of work. But, oh, do you know who I also loved? Rod- Dennis Rodman. Really? I mean, I love him. Because at the start you told me you like you Pip, Scotty Pippen. Oh, I love them. I love him too. But 
<laughs> Rodman's a sad case because of all the shit. Like he had a really bad childhood, and he's off the he's been off the rails, and but just like. I don't know, it, and it also makes me really sad. Like I think, like MJ is fine. Like he, he, because he's got that level of competitiveness, he has brought that into all his business and all this stuff. But people like Rodman, like I feel like I always get worried for. I think we've touched on this before. Is like worried for sportsmen that are at the height of their powers, and then it just kind of all peters out because it's such a level of activity and notoriety, and then at the end, it's just done. Well, Rodman, I don't know if you know anything about what ro- happened to Rodman after, but he's like, I think he's just like a celebrity now. Like yeah. he has his own podcast. Like he's just like, he's taken that weirdness and he's just like, just like this lovable weird guy. So I think he's landed okay, to be honest. Yeah. Well, he lost all his money. Really? Did yeah, he? Yeah. Yeah. He got his account manager or something took all his money and went to j- jail for 10 years. That he's always also, happens. Um, Why do people have he's a He's also not a great dad, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. He... Um, he's got alcohol. He's an alcoholic as well. Really? Yeah. So he he hasn't. He's been off the road. and he's friends with um the guy, the leader of um Korea. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> hangs out with um Kim Jong Un. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I think he's just and he's a bit damaged. And but he's very upfront about his um his stuff. Like he's upfront about it. But what was funny is I read that um in those he when the director or whoever was organising that documentary was like um asked him oh we're doing this documentary about mj and then he was like um we need you for 10 hours of interviews and he was like no nah, not doing it i'll give you half an hour and then the guy was like all right fine like whatever he yeah. was really difficult to work with and then he was like uh i'll do it for half an hour if you get me a tuna sub footlong tuna sub and a chamomile tea mm-hmm. and so they went and got him <laughs> got him the tuna sub and the chamomile tea then he ended up staying for three hours so they got three hours out of him yeah yeah, he's awesome. He's just one of those true. He's an eccentric. Oddballs. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, I love. I love the eccentricity. But that's what, you, like we said before, like sports people have no personality. So you just even like he's like a true eccentric. But even someone with like just a little bit of it, like just a mullet, some guy who has a mullet, like I just love him yeah. straight away. But you know what was so refreshing, and I was saying this to Tristan is, you know, people that what to listen to AFL our listeners who listen to AFL you know the stock standard answers they they bring you know they get media trained and they have these awful answers that have no personality and don't say anything at all yeah I just got to play my role stick to my structures oh God, and uh, the boys gave it their all it's hideous so but the one thing I loved about Bass that that documentary was the interviews they actually fucking said something you know every interview Michael had or his teammates had they actually said really good stuff. They actually said what happened in the game. You know, it was it was so refreshing and it just made me sad that I was too young in the 90s to pay attention. Two, that I don't have any sport, you know, bas- natural basketball wanting to watch. But I'm getting into it. I'm getting into it. Are you going to actually start watching well, games? Well, my friend, my friend um, who I was messaging, her partner is actually um, one of the coaches of the Wildcats. Really? Yeah. So she's kind of she's not in the world because she doesn't she's not really into that kind of stuff. But um, she goes to the game sometimes. So I'm gonna go to with her. Yeah. Um, and also my f- my other friend Christina, she goes, her and her partner into it. So I'm gonna start going. Really? Well, I I have to ask you because, um, there is this worry that um whenever you find a new interest that it might not be, so long lived. Um. Now, I, ha- I didn't mean to ask you, how's the painting going? Because that been... 
I knew I knew the answer to this. This is why I asked the question. So have I you done the, much? I got the paints out today and yeah. I didn't. I played X, um, PlayStation instead. Okay. Well, at least it seems like the Stardew Valley, at least that's going. Oh, that's going. But I'm, to be honest, I've got, um, I'm really upset. Why are you upset? Because last night, and I don't know, this is what I wanted to bring to the table. This is the second. See, I, I prepared for this show. Yeah, you're really this prepared. Um, so what's happened is basically in Stardew Valley, you go to the mines and you mine and there's all these monsters in the mine and you, there's all these levels in the mines. There's 120 levels. And every time you get down five floors, there's a lift. So that means it kind of remembers you can get back down to that floor, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of make sure that you go down five so that you get to the lift. And then when you go back, when you leave the mine, you can get back to that certain level. Yeah. So I got to 80, level 80. You know, that's a lot of hard work, a lot of hours. But what happens is you bring snacks. So I make snacks in my kitchen and it, to bring to the mines because if you're there all day, you'll lose energy. So you need yeah. snacks to replenish your energy. So I had made a miner's lollipop. I made two miner's lollipops. I made two root. Sounds delicious. I made two root vegetable things. Anyway, I had a great night, fucking day at the mines yesterday. But yeah. what happens is it, there was these new monsters. So every like five or ten or every ten floors there's new monsters and I didn't realise these ones were like pretty fucking fucked up. Yeah. And I died. And what happened, I've died before, but what happens is you lose consciousness and because all my energy went down because I wasn't looking at my energy, even though I had the miners' lollipops, Mm. I I could have replenished my energy, but I just forgot to look at my energy. And so I lost consciousness in the mines and what happens is you lose money and you lose your inventory, some of your inventory, but you don't know what you've you've lost. Oh, you have to figure it out. I I had found gold, I had found all this shit, um, I had got these new boots, I'd got all this new shit and I had that in my backpack, my inventory and I wake up, some person found me lying in the, the mines and they were, and it was like, oh, you have, and you forget the level. So it was like, you've forgotten the last 10 levels. So I have to go through those levels again. I've lost 500 bucks and I've lost six things from my inventory and mm. I knew that I had all this stuff in my inventory. I had the fucking minor lollipops. I had all this kind of shit and so I got really resentful and I got really upset and I just... Well, let me just tell you, <laughs> this is sometimes you've got to learn the hard way and this is a rookie mistake. It's a rookie mistake you've done here because everyone knows that in games, as soon as you get anything significant, you have to reach a save point. Mm. So this is, I think... No, but you can't do that here because... You have to go... No, but this is probably what people do. They probably go back out the mines and chuck that... No, you don't um, have time. Well, I don't know. I don't know how you do no, this then. No, but because... I think it's unmanageable. No, I no, and then again, and then so today I said I'm gonna play. I don't want to play it again. Like I got so upset. I was like, I don't want to play it again. I'm really pissed off. Not the fact that I lost the stuff, but I don't know what I lost. I think this is known as a rage quit. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was just like, fuck it. And then I said to before I got here, I said, oh, I'm gonna play because just to get just to start the grind to get back up. Just to just to get rid of my resentment because I was so resentful. Yeah. And then I went unconscious again from those same guys. Oh, okay. And yep. so I lost more shit. And then Tristan said, oh, you know, you can just switch it off and then it will reset to that day because it only saves at the night. And yeah. he said, so he could, you can just do that day again. And I was like, no, I've got to learn. Like I've got to learn that yeah. I need to have, look at where my energy is. Yeah, you're a classic depressive. It's a game. It's supposed to be fun, but you've got to do it the authentic way. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's where I'm at. I'm really resentful. Um but I have that with games as well. Like I, 
I won't look at any of the walkthroughs. You know how, like, oh, no, if you don't know how no, to do something, no. you can look it up. Yeah. I just won't do that. I'm like, I've got to learn how to do it myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just turns the game into a chore. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know why I'm so resentful. I think because of my anxiety about losing things, it's made me... It made it's uh, the unknown. It upsets me. And then I read online that you could go to this place and and you could buy back what you'd lost. So I went back to this place. It's called the uh, I can't remember the Adventures Guild or something. Adventurers Guild. So I went to the Adventurers Guild and I was like, "Can I buy this shit back?" And then the guy was like, "I don't have anything for you, son." And I was like, ah! "Why does it say that I can get this stuff back? Is that just?" Uh, and I, anyway, I just got really annoyed. But yeah. Yeah. Well, this is re- I like this because this is a re- classic insight into your personality is that you get so obsessed with things and so immersed in things is that you have the same anxiety over losing this virtual stuff than you do from like losing your keys or something in real life and also just building stuff like i get narrow-minded like i'm just like okay i need to get a fucking sheet that's what i want i want a sheep so i'm gonna save up all my money like i just get very like weirded out but um yeah there, that's me. Um, you went to the Black Lives Matter movement yesterday. Yeah. I didn't get to go. I'm so fucking devo. Um, yeah, so Omi was going to go, but... Um, that, I had a depression. That black dog just keeps yeah, at your door. Yeah, I had a depression. So I, yeah. I couldn't go and I'm really pissed off. Yeah, but, um, so... But it, that, I mean, that in a way, like, it kind of made me want to go more because now I'm like, I've got to... I've got to you gotta go, go out there and, and represent. You know, because Omi can't go. Mum had something else she couldn't go. So me and Rachel went and um, it was, I think it just, it really surprised me how, how powerful it was. Mm. Um, I think at the start, so it was at Langley Park, um, which holds about 20,000 people. Mm. And there was about 7,000 that, that turned up. Mm. Um, so... Oh, we initially when we went we were at the side of the stage about 300 meters back so we couldn't hear anything so I was like I don't this is kind of awkward I don't really know how to kind of make a connection with what's going on but then we walked around a little bit and I tell you what's a good thing about the social distancing it's really easy to get through crowds now mm. have you noticed this mm. so it used to be so hard to get through a crowd because you feel like a dick it's so awkward yeah you have you to like have to push say, and shove me. yeah, yeah. Um, but it's really easy. Like we were just dodging and weaving through the crowd and we got to like, kind of like middle center and then yeah. I could hear everything loud and clear. And that's when it kind of, it kind of really got me. I think it really was confronting. I think, um, there was a lot of really eloquent, eloquent speakers and one speaker spoke about how, so obviously that this week there was an explosion um, up north that destroyed... Oh, yeah, the an, Rio Tinto thing. Yeah, yeah. destroyed an, an ancient Aboriginal site. And just the way he said it, that he was like, that just one mistake from a mining company and that history is just gone forever now. We will never have that again. And I think when I heard that, I think I just started to get really emotional and started to have that strange feeling where I was like, I almost feel like crying, but I don't, I'm in public, so mm. I don't know how to respond here. Yeah. So it was that really kind of confronting thing. Um, and then he spoke in great detail, which is very, very upsetting, um, about how 
different people, different Indigenous people were treated by the police. Mm. You know, very, very young men being arrested for very petty crimes, being in a situation for God knows what reason where they're being, their skulls are being kicked in, Mm. they're being tased to death. So obviously it's very nasty stuff and uh, I don't want to, I don't want anyone to be exposed to something that's going to, to, um, really mess them up or traumatize them but if you do have the ability to do that and you think you'll be relatively okay look into this stuff because another thing that i found is i was involved in the movement to some degree i was making donations and we talked about on the podcast but until you actually are in a situation where you hear this stuff Mm. in in detail and relatives of victims were speaking you hear you have a certain amount of closeness to it. Mm. And like we spoke about You have last more week, empathy because you're hearing from people that have actually been affected. Instead of people like Ben and I talking about it, yeah. it's, you, you're just too removed. Yeah, it's uh, the actual lived experience of these families. Yeah. Children growing up without mothers or fathers because of just being arrested for unpaid fines and for some reason they just get tased or something and they end up dying. Yeah, it's just the senselessness out of it. Yeah, um... So if you can, yeah, try and look that up because it, if you're like I was and you, and you kind of, there was still something a little bit abstract about the movement and you, you felt like you weren't being active enough and you didn't know how to kind of mobilize yourself, this is a good way to, to do it is to kind of be a little bit, get a little bit closer to what actually happened. Mm. Um, and also we've been a... This is very resentment list, but Ben and I were just talking before the podcast happened about our resentment to ScoMo. I know we <laughs> we started loving him during COVID, but we're back to square one. We're back to the normal, the normal reaction to ScoMo of like hating him. Well, this brings up a question, right? Because ScoMo to me is someone who perfectly embodies white privilege. Yeah. He's grown up in a privileged part of New South Wales. He goes to one of those mega churches. He thinks that uh, he's, you know, one of these guys that think like, oh, you know, you you have a few weeks off the, the smashed abos and you'll be able to afford a house. Yeah, and he also is in the generation where they didn't have to pay for university. So he didn't yeah. have to pay for university. So to him, it's like, you get a uni degree, you know? Just fucking... Just do it. Just do it. Don't, don't, don't do any... You know, if you're getting in trouble, you know, that's your fault. Just get your parents to help you Yeah, out. just... Just fucking, you know, like if you've had, you know, whatever. He's just an absolute cunt. Like the worst thing that's happened to him is probably his his uncle had to sell his beach house one time because yeah. of some bad investments. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he, so he's to me is the perfect example of of privilege, and it brings up this question for me that I've kind of grappled with a lot. I haven't been able to answer is why are the most privileged people the least likely to see their own privilege? Mm, that's a very good question because that seems to me like a true statement mm. but you'd think the more you have mm. the more you'd be grateful of and aware of how much you have but it seems like they're less aware mm. these people with yachts and shit think that everyone has a yeah yacht. i mean well first we have to say these this is coming from privileged positions so ben and i uh Oh, we're part, and that's the thing is is you and me mm. for for you know 10 to 20 years we were the same. We weren't aware of how privileged well, I we wanna, were. Well, I want to ask, I want to, uh, and this is, goes with the same question, is politicians, right, 
most of them have arts degrees because they that's where you learn they study politics yeah, right? yeah yeah and as a rule people that have done arts degrees tend to be more liberal because well they tend to not not be more liberal but they tend to be a little bit more constructive thinkers than other people because the nature of an arts degree is you are taught how to think critically and to question the status quo and reading text so what i don't understand is again I, and i i'll say yeah it's nothing to do with politics this isn't really to do with politics i mean whatever people go and do politic degrees and they become you know conservatives or whatever but what i don't understand is the lack of knowledge of history so he's come out and said there was no slavery in australia and that basically we don't really have a checkered past with racism how did he get through a whole degree and how does he become a politician and not just him but other people without having of australia without having any understanding i haven't done a history degree i don't know i just don't understand how you can't have a knowledge of our history well, we noticed the same things with, with J.K. Rowling. Oh, God. J.K. Rowling is um, someone who... That's pur- so depressing. She purports to be a progressive person and um, someone who apparently should be quoted as saying, I love trans people, but also at the same time um, is saying things like that trans women aren't women. Um, what else? Yeah, so basically she's coming, I can't remember what it's from, but it's from a feminist point of view, but it's the problematic feminist point of view that it is, based, she's basically saying that biologically women are women and biologically men are men and that you cannot, you can't change that. And her reasoning is, is because of how women has been, how women has been subjugated and that by a trans by by a trans woman saying that she's trans, that is you can't like they're they're still they're still a man. Yeah. Quote unquote, and that the reason is because she doesn't want. Well, this is one of the reasons is that she will feel under attack, letting trans women l- use women's bathrooms because it will make it uh, basically me- a man would use that as an excuse to go into a bathroom and attack women. Yeah, which is a myth that has been debunked that. I mean that I don't think there's really been any cases of that happening. No. Um, but also she says she said oh, I've studied this for two years. Like I think I know what I'm talking about. But then she comes out and says, um, "Sex is sex and gender is gender." And it's like, no, really, the first thing you learn if you study gender is that biological sex is sex, but gender is a social concept. It's a social. It's all social and, construct. And it actually has been for all time. There's actually several cultures that have third genders. So it's, even historically, it's not true that there's two genders. And the sad thing about this JK Rowling thing is, you know, people come out with shitty views all the time. The sad thing about this is Harry Potter fans, many Harry Potter fans connected with Harry Potter, one of the main reasons was because that it dealt with the, the feeling of difference and alienation. So actually a lot of the trans community or people in the trans community loved Harry Potter and you know they that I heard from not heard personally but I saw that a lot of people had their reaction of like Harry Potter was the one thing that made me feel like I I I could live and I it 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 actually helped it stopped me from killing myself now JK Rowling has said this so the their whole childhood and though and the books that kept them alive and made them feel okay 
it's completely fucked now. Well, Harry grew up in a fucking closet. Yeah. And <laughs> now people aren't allowed and he, to... And he had the fucking lightning on his head. Yeah. He had so many things about him that, that was di- different. Yeah. Um, But the thing is, the point she's trying to make, and this is what fucking annoys me, that people... And it, it, it relates to the ScoMo thing is that people have this authority, but they haven't worked for it all. So ScoMo said there hasn't been slavery in Australia at all. There's been many documented cases of slavery in Australia. Mm. Another thing is J.K. Rowling saying that she's, she studied the trans issue and all the things she spouts have been debunked. The one point she has that is a valid point is that men have had male privilege all up to the point that they changed trans mm. to trans. Mm. That's, a, that's a valid point that um, women who have been women their whole lives, cis women, don't have the privilege of a man that at some point in his Mm. life decides to transition. Mm. Now, that's a valid point, but she she can't... She doesn't know how to phrase it in a way that is actually fair to people's experience and and realise that it's not like... It's not just on a whim a man has decided to be a woman. The, The men that have dealt with that, they have grappled with very complex and severe psychological issues their whole life. It's not just a walk in the park being a trans person. No, and there's the inability that both ScoMo and Rowling have and a lot of people have, the Blue Lives Matter people as well, which is another resentment of mine, um, is that is it's an inability to see the big picture. To use the Blue Lives Matter thing is, which I don't know if that's an actual... Is that an actual movement that's happening? But there's yeah, there's rhetoric around. Yeah, it's, a, it's another response to the is, all, li- all is, lives. Is yeah, the all lives matter. It's like the inability to say okay, the reaction and the defensiveness of going okay, these people are questioning the police. They're police. They're questioning the systems. Oh, I'm just going to get defensive now. No, no, but no, po- police matter. Police matter. No, they're like it's like. No one's saying that. No one's saying that your life doesn't matter or police don't do good work. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that these elements of police work are not working. It's killing people. The same with the trans thing. It's like, yeah, okay, you can have that concern, but you just have to broaden your horizons a bit and say just because there's people that are... that. A man decides to have a woman. It doesn't mean that the whole woman gender of women doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. affect that. Yeah, yeah, you just broaden your horizons. It's the same with ScoMo. It's just like sit on your couch, read a fucking book, and just get a w- out of your own personal like that. This thing. It's so inherently selfish. Of how does this affect me? Broaden your. Just think of. Just think of a little. A little bit broadly and go. Okay. Yeah, I'm a cop. I'm upset because I feel attacked because people are saying that cops are bad. But let's just read a little bit more and absorb what's happening for other people and go, okay, that, you know, people, other people are being affected in this way. That is really concerning. But no, I think that it's, it's, I think we're talking about a human issue. Like everyone has an issue broadening their eyes. Like, um, I think we do as well. Yeah. And I think it's it's about No and yeah, that's y- what you You have to be you have to be willing to start. Yeah, we have okay, yeah, okay, let's just quickly do this before we stop. 
so you mentioned that you wanted to talk about our limitations and our our, our mistakes yeah. with racism. Yeah, and I think the reason I want to say that is because I don't want to... I, I think we were quite fair last week. No, I don't think... Yeah, I don't think... I don't think we did anything wrong, but I think there's always the the, the chance that you might get misconstrued in some way and I don't want to come from any place with superiority. Oh no, it's constructive to talk about about our stuff. Like that's the thing is like it's nothing I think it's just having the ability to question yourself and your limitations and I, I think we already touched on this last week is that we're questioning ourselves too. We're si- we're doing the work and we're saying, "All right, I actually because everyone has racist thoughts." There's no way that you can live in this society without having racist thoughts. No one is, especially if you're white, you can't not be racist. Mm. Um, but there's this kind of dichotomy going on where it's like, oh, I'm not racist. I'm not racist at all. And it's like, you know, you might not, you know, you may you may not be actively racist, but there's some ideas that you may have and it's just about questioning. So it's like, that's what we're trying to do is like, do that ourselves. Yeah. So I want to, I want to say like, yeah, it's like being... The reason we don't broaden our horizon, right, is being self-critical is fucking hard. We don't want to look at ourselves and go, this is fuck, this is fuck. But you need to do it. To we grow. have to do it now. Yeah, you have to. Well, yeah, in any situation, you have to do it. To get to get better in your workplace, like we're talking about Michael Jordan, you have to self-criticize there. Um, to become a better person, to treat people better, to treat yourself better, you have to self-criticize. So I want to own up straight away and say, I, I generalize. I generalize a lot about people. Mm. I, before in my life, has said, this kind of person does that, does that. This kind of person does this. Mm. We, you know, we've we've generalised about classes of people. We've talked about bogans. Oh, we've um, totally been problematic in that sense. Yeah, I'm very classist. I'm very classist. I, 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 I try. I, I try and catch myself, but you know, we've talked about it. Like even the stuff about how I said I like following drug addicts. I mean, that's a little bit voyeuristic. Yeah. Um, and it's clumping people in a group that may not may have their own complexities of life. Um, I've also been racist in my past. I've said some horrible things. When I was younger, I hung out with a very racist person and it kind of rubbed up on me and I kind of started buying into those ideas. And, um, you know, my parents rightfully pulled me up on it. Um, and, you know, also I've noticed for me personally... Um, just the representations, like what I consume, like um, I have a Instagram for books and, you know, I think out of 35, 40 books, there was, there's about been about, I'd say seven books from people of colour um, because I identify with sad white girls. That's yeah. just the truth. And, you know, there's a natural, you know, that, that and, and I'm not beating myself up about that because I am a sad white girl. So, of course, I'm going to... I'm going to identify with that. But it's an easy read for me because that's who I am. So it's like I need to, you know, and it is work to read these books um, because it's not my, it's not from my perspective. Yeah, and and um, it's going out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And I think we can't always do that, but I think we have a tendency to, you know, that I believe this thing like humans kind of, we follow the path of least resistance. Of course. So, so we find something easy and we just, yeah, we just keep it it's going. It's natural. But the thing is, is if everyone keeps doing that, you know, for instance, the representations, you know, like Vogue, like there's this big thing at the moment, this movement with Vogue is like everyone's making their own covers because 
I think in the last, I can't remember what it is, but the last 50 years or whatever, there's been 12 um, people that, no, 12 non-white people on the cover of Vogue. So it's like these, all of these rep- popular representations in our media, they all make a difference. And the same, again, because we're looking at ourselves, I run my work Instagram and I, I particularly deal with creatives um, or, you know, service creatives I don't have any fucking indigenous art. Yeah. I, I have shared a lot of art on there and none of it has been from indig- indigenous Australians. It's like, well, what the fuck is that? You know, um, connecting. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily, a lot of the people that I work with are white. Um, and, you know, that's that learning experience for me that, you know, we need to be inclusive. Yeah. Um, one flaw that I've noticed that everyone... Everyone listening to this podcast must know is that um, I have a lot of confidence in what I'm saying. So sometimes I open my mouth and I just kind of make it up as I go along. Mm. And then I act like that's been my opinion all along. And like I have facts backing it up when really it's just something I've pulled out of thin air. And I think when as humans, we naturally make patterns and generalizations about things. But when we're talking about groups of people those generalizations are only going to fit a certain number. Mm. So we've got to realize that we're just going to make things up as we go, go along. Like I do sometimes um, you're going to not really capture the accurate picture of things. Mm. You're painting in broad strokes, you know? Mm. Mm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm still in the process of reflecting and also is that I've not actively done anything about racism. Yeah. I've never donated until recently. Um, I guiltily, you know, donated to a lot of the um, initiatives that we spoke about last night. But it's like, that's the first time. It's like, you know, that's not good enough. Um, I haven't actively shared, I've shared a little bit here and there, but I haven't actively shared information, constructive information. Um, I haven't gone on really rallies before this. Yeah. You know, just that kind of stuff. It's like, but I think, as we were saying last week, it's just something snap. It's just not good enough anymore. It's yeah. absolutely hor- horrendous. People are dying left, right and centre. Um, people don't feel safe in their communities. Um, people's life expectancy is lower than other people. It's just like... Oh, wh- look, I'm sorry, but we're really fired up. Um, one thing one thing I noticed, just on a lighter note, just in the the thing of like trans- transparency and self-criticism is like... You know, we're talking last week about how virtue signaling is bad, mm. but don't think it's so true that when you when you say something that you think is like mm. politically right and you're being an advocate and you're on the internet, and as soon as you get like likes for it, you feel really good about yourself. Yeah. And it's like you totally there is part of it, and that's what I'm saying. Like nothing can be fully pure. Yeah. Um, you can say something with all the right intentions, but when you start getting positive feedback. Of course, it's going to feed your well, ego you a little like bit. Well, you feel like you're in an echo chamber sometimes. Um, and yeah, and it is a problem. Like, you know, you feel like, oh, why might this white person sharing all this stuff? Like, is it my place to to do this? Or is it, you know, it, it, it is. And the thing, the one thing that I've really, I've learned so much in the last two weeks. The one thing I've learned is, yeah, if you're wondering if you're doing it right, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. I think, did we already say this last I week? I think so, yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. But yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're repeating ourselves, but, um, another recommendation just to wrap us up. Do you have anything else to add? Um, oh yeah, I had, actually, I have a recommendation, Ben, that would lead into it well. Okay. 
is if you want to be like kind of self-critical about um you know your your privilege and stuff and and things that we kind of do as white people um and again there's like a problem with generalization there but anyway um there's this really good clip uh of this comedian uh patrice o'neill and he's talking about the song creep by radiohead and he's saying how that is the anthem of white people yeah it is and he's like for some reason white people just want to feel bad and it's such a like it's such a perfect oh my God. encapsulation of like how how we get wrapped up in our own problems is because every white person thinks that they're alone and their life is so sad and it's somehow really poignant and oh my God, alienating that is me that's and me I, yeah yeah it's all of us so yeah look up on youtube um patrice o'neill radiohead and it should come up it's like a four minute radio clip and it's really funny so it's like kind of there are more humorous and light ways to look at your own privilege or whatever so yeah, i thought yeah, that was fun yeah. but yeah what's your thing uh mine is um dave Chappelle has just released an awesome um mini little what is it called show um and it's called 846 um and it's i mean obviously it's dave Chappelle, so it's worth watching um and but it's about what's going on at the moment um it's his response and it's very powerful it's very um powerful thoughtful um I don't even know how to... Basically, it really touched me. Like, you know when you watch something and you're just like, no, you moved me. You know when you watch something and you... Like, I was in the depths of depression yesterday. So that usually for people that don't suffer from depression, um, when I'm in the depths, nothing could faze me. Like, you could tell me, like, someone died that I know and, like, I'll just be like, yeah, like nothing. But when I watched that video, I just... I got really really i got this surge of energy of aggression like upset like really angry again and it's like if you don't feel like you can't watch that without feeling i'm sorry um it's only like 25 minutes long it's on youtube he's um released it free um and i think that it's probably a must watch i would say well it's like if you like i think um it's just i think I, i i personally get sick of these kind of prepared responses and in our society everything's very shiny and polished and considered and edited and what I really loved about this special was it's just so visceral and raw that Mm. you can just tell how furious Mm. and sad he is yeah he it's it's a you're watching a reaction but not just a reaction to what's happened now, but just a reaction to everything at the moment from someone that is just so intelligent and so well-spoken, um, but but the emotion of it from him and just of what's going on, it's just, oh, it just really, really fucked me up, to be honest. And yeah. I, think, I think it's important to watch that stuff because, I don't know, it just really touched me. Um, so, yeah, I'd watch that... Um, it's one of those ones you need a stiff drink after. Oh um, yeah. But I don't I can't drink, so I probably like ate something. But um but yeah, so yeah, watch that and also give us some resentments. Um and yeah, we um we love and welcome to the new listeners. We've had a few listeners, um and it's been really nice to hear the feedback um yeah. from you guys and um and yeah, we love you. God bless. Bye.